You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan of Dallas. He is Brian Broaddus. That is the former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. I guess I shouldn't say former. He won a Super Bowl. That's not getting taken away from him. That That's just he is a Super Bowl winning scout. He just Damn long time ago, Bobby. I yeah. knew that. It's about the same time the Cowboys won their last one. He, he Damn was a long he was, time ago. <laughs> I was, uh, you know what, Brian? I think I was, how old was I when you won your first Super Bowl? 96, seven. I, I was seven years old. Seven years old. I was seven years old. I was seven and a half because it was January of uh, 97. Yeah. And I sure vividly was. remember uh, Desmond Howard uh, just just owning that game. And I, I got to say, Brian, the uh, the Desmond Howard, he, he saved me on an immaculate grid the other day oh, when I was he? trying to guess teams. It came down to uh, it was Packers and Raiders, and I was like, "Oh, I know who played for the Packers and the Raiders. That would be Desmond Howard." You know so I was you. able to hit that, get that right. Uh, but but Brian was a is a former scout, a a forever Super Bowl winner. So let's get that straight. He's also the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven p.m. Central Monday through Friday on one hundred five through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network alongside Eric Chiafalo and Zach Wolchuk. Brian. How you doing? Uh, you, 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 it's a little odd. We're getting our first Monday night game this week, yeah. so it's kind of throwing us off a little bit in terms of it, it feels like it should be game day. We're not there yet. We've had to sit even longer on this loss than normal. Uh, but but how's the how's the week been? You, you taking some good college football or anything? No, I actually went and watched my race team try and win a championship at uh, Road Atlanta uh, on uh, Friday, Saturday. We actually uh, just got back here Sunday morning. Uh, been up since about 5 a.m. Eastern getting back here, but uh, made it back. Uh, unfortunately, though, our, our team, uh, we uh, broke the power steering three hours ago in the race. Had a chance to win the thing, and power steering let go, and uh, that was the end of our day. And so, uh, unfortunate, it was uh, things that happened in racing, but when you race for 10 hours, uh, you know, you, cars, the cars that hold up are – it's amazing how they how they do that endurance racing stuff so it's a uh, it's very cool very cool you, but very disappointing it's a uh, very heartbreaking kind of you know my, my sports life is very heartbreaking <sighs> at time and very heartbreaking if the cowboys don't find a way to beat the chargers because then it turns into bye week and then bye week turns into a lot of questions and when you have a three and three football team um now it's it's really to that point where 
okay, where, where did this thing go wrong the first six, seven weeks? And that's what we're going to have to dive into if they don't find a way to, to beat the Chargers, which I feel like it'll be a difficult game. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll hear to break it down for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll break that down a little bit. We'll, we'll get into the Chargers um, a little bit next segment. We'll, we'll kind of break them down. I, I want to lead off, though, with kind of what you were referencing there, which is just the the magnitude. Team? Of, well, I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> no, look, I'm, I, I, I'm, no, going I'm, to, I'm going to tell everybody that whoever you were competing against for the championship, if, uh-huh. I'm going to make sure history remembers that that guy cut your power steering line. That's no, I, what happened. I wish, I wish that was the it case. Was, it was him. It was. I, I, like, wish, just, just, I wish. Brian, don't don't say anything else. Just we'll, we'll It's hard, Bobby, racing seven <laughs> hours and, and doing everything you can to stay up front like we did and and have it go sideways. So, Well, that's what I, it was. Back, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a cut steer, power steering line. Anyway, yeah. the well, the other thing I want to talk about <laughs> is just the magnitude of this game. How relevant is it compared to the – because we were – Huge. On Sean and RJ, uh, the the show that I'm part of on 105 through the fan. Great job on that show. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we we interviewed Nick Eatman on Friday, and Nick said, like, and that's Nick Eatman from DallasCowboys.com. He says that he believes this game against the Chargers is the biggest game of the year, not the one against the 49ers. I thought the 49ers was a big one, but he said he thinks this one is bigger because of how you show. Are you able to bounce back? It's the game against Kellen Moore. It's the you know, design, it's the, the offense that you picked over the offense that you shunned and a chance to see those things go up against each other. Then you lead into the bye week. This could be a, a very telling week for the Cowboys, I think, in terms of their mental toughness and, yeah. and the offense that they chose. Uh, but this definitely is a big game. Do you feel like it's bigger yes. than the 49ers game? No, and if it is, no, no, it's not no, bigger no, than the 49ers no, no. game. I, I'll tell you, Bobby, um, all these games are big to me, whether it's the Jets, Patriots, every game they play, because there's only 17 of these. You know, there's only, you know, you, you look at these games, and to me, everybody. one of the s- statements that people always make, is this a must-win game? You know, always you always get that. Is this a must-win? And I'm kind of like, I'm like, yes, because I think every game is a must-win. Because you only play 17 of them. Yeah. You know, say, you know, as we tape this show on a Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing the Jets. Philadelphia is undefeated. You know, say they find a way to win this game. Well, that would make them, what, 6-0? Six 6-0. And six and oh. Six and oh. Say you lose this football game tomorrow on Monday night. That makes you 3-3. Three and three. You're now three games back of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, that's why they're all must win. You know, some, well, you don't have to. Yeah, you really do because at the end, they're going to add them all up. And they're going to say, okay, you're either one game to the good and in getting into the playoffs or you're one game to the bad. And, you know, you have the 14th overall pick this year in the draft. You know, that's these games are super important. And I, I, what's unfortunate is the 49er game, as bad as it was, you know, they put a lot into that game. That was a game that was talked about. You know, team talked about building um, the way they built their roster around it. But you know, the most important thing is to try and find a way to win the division. But you, Philadelphia, keeps finding ways to win, and you keep finding ways to lose. Give away games like you did against Arizona. 
Well, you're going to find yourself on the outside. So, yeah, this is a huge game. I think this game is really personal. I, I don't think the players think of it as personal. No. I think Mike McCarthy does. I think mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy really thinks this game per, or has taken this game personally. You know, so we'll see. The players wanted to find a way to play better against San Francisco. They didn't. It was it was a poorly executed game, poorly called game. Just everything all around it was poor. It's, you know, but the Mike McCarthy, his team has done a done a damn good job of bouncing back after losses and making them resound victories. If you look at the way the scores and stuff have been, so they're going to need one of those on uh, Monday night. They're going to need to go to uh, the Los Angeles and find a way to beat a a pretty good football team. I've always felt like we've we've oversold a little bit the well Zeke and Will Greer know where the bodies are buried. They they know that that was what a disaster for everybody. That well, how about Will Greer? That was a that was an ass kick in Dallas, New England. No help. Well, yeah, and and then and you flip it for Trey Lance. You're thinking, wow, Trey Lance could help it. What an ass kicking that was. Now the so, the actual the actual advantage though, players coming in and well, I know this scheme. I feel like that's less of a benefit as much as former coaches knowing what former coaches yeah. are doing when they're walking in here. So Brian, when you look at this, who has the advantage here? Is it the Cowboys knowing so intimately the things that a guy like Kellen Moore likes to do with his his game plans and his attack, or? Is it a bigger benefit for Kellen Moore and Doug Nassmeyer to get in Brandon Staley's ear and say, hey, you want to know how to attack this personnel? You want to know where that Cowboys offense is weak? I can tell you exactly the stuff that we avoided doing with them and exactly the stuff that McCarthy's been fighting with me to do with them for a while. And so here's how you can go after. Who's got the bigger advantage? The Chargers having Kellen and Nussmeyer on their side, knowing how to evaluate this personnel for the Cowboys, or the Cowboys with Dan Quinn and the players knowing exactly what it is Kellen likes to do? Man, you got me stumped because I'm thinking Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has an idea of how he would like to attack Kellen Moore. But then Kellen's thinking about watching the tape from Arizona and watching the 49ers tape and kind of getting some ideas because there's some things that they do in the running game with their pulling of their offense. And it's the same thing that it's the same thing that uh he did in Dallas, especially down in the red zone. Remember when we always used to see Zach Martin pull and you, know, you get guys who are pulling, guys yeah. are playing space and all that. It's very, very similar to that. The running game. Um, if I'm going to give an advantage, I'm going to give the advantage to to um, I'm going to give the the advantage to the Dan Quinn here because you know when you work it when you work in training camp against a guy. You kind of get a feel for, you know, how he's going to call a game or how he's going to use his personnel. Um, so I would say that Dan has an advantage. Uh, the thing that that Dan could do is he could. It, it's going to be a different game, I think, Bobby. And, and that was a really good question. It's got me just kind of stumped, but I, <laughs> I'm going to say because I hate riding the fence. I'm not a fence. I know. I, I, I get it. I'd rather. I'd rather be. I'd rather just say it and just either be right or wrong. But in my heart, I believe Dan has the. Now, what's going to be different for Kellen Moore is how does Dan Quinn use Micah Parsons in this game with no Leighton Vanderesh? Yeah, that's 
that's how that's what because Kellen's going to understand what Dan does with Micah Parsons as a rusher or how to kind of move them around. But as an off ball linebacker, how's that going to affect some of the things he's going to try and do in this game? I, I think this is really, really. Um, I was talking to Will McClay about this a while ago. Well, and, and and I was, but I it was in a way of I was asking him about his edge rushers and the thought about well how your edge he goes you know and, and Mike and all this and this was a while ago this wasn't anything recent but I was just kind of going through and I said uh, I asked about his edges and he's like yeah we've got plenty of edges we got plenty of guys that can rush so to me this is one of those times where okay, he, he's going to be able to pull Micah back and then be able to kind of use the guys that, you know, the the Fowlers and Armstrong and and Williams. And they, they, need, they need a big game from a Sam Williams. They need somebody to, to just be a difference maker. And, and maybe it could still be Micah on some limited pass rush stuff, but I have a feeling – and, and – by the way, Bobby, I know you watch these. I know you watch these tackles. Mm-hmm. For uh, I was surprised. I was really, really surprised how much pressure that when you look at these when these offensive tackles, Rashawn Slater was struggling in some of these games with some of the pressures, and I, I was kind of feeling like I'm going to watch Rashawn Slater, and I'm going to be like, oh man, well knee bend and power and all that. But you go through and watch some of the pressures that the Chargers have had to deal with. Slater and Pipkins, the tackle on the right side, that's been a little bit of an issue for those guys. You know, the quarterback's good moving around and kind of avoiding, but, you know, not getting sacked and stuff. But, man, I'll tell you what, I was surprised that Rashawn Slater. So my point is that, you know, they, they need somebody opposite, and they need maybe Lawrence. You know, Lawrence has got to have one of those games too, where maybe that you know this Pipkins he could he could take advantage of him. Yeah, I I, I do think I do think Pipkins is more vulnerable. Here's the thing: I think we got to contextualize. But, that, but that, I'm sorry that didn't answer your question. I do think no, no, Dan I, Quinn has, but the the difference is going to be. And I, I'm sorry, I was just meandering along. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. But 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 what I was thinking about was it's going to be different for Kellen Moore if Micah Parsons plays off-ball linebacker. That's now. How do you account for him there? Because usually it's you account for him as an edge, and yep. not as the linebacker. Does that make sense? No, no, it, it totally makes sense. The only thing I know is that I know that he's been. Kellen Moore also has an awareness that yeah, like I said, Kellen Moore's been involved in the times where they've had to you know move Micah around because of stuff. Yeah. He he's been part of those game plays. A little bit of. Let me draw back to another Dallas sports. What do you think about thing. that? What do you about think? about the who, who has the advantage? Who has the advantage? Uh, the Chargers. I think the Chargers have a significant advantage because here here's the way I look at it is that, and, and this is something Nick Eatman and I discussed. Did you he may think know the Chargers have the advantage too? He did too. You huh? you you may know Kellen and you may know what Kellen likes to do. You don't know what Kellen likes to do with these players. Like when the personnel's different, he may feel like he has access to things he didn't have there, or the things he had access to in Dallas he doesn't have here, and so you don't exactly know that whereas the last three years kellen was getting an earful for mike about all the different things mike thought he could do with the personnel so kellen's gonna have that on his mind and kellen knows 
the ex- I'll, I'll draw the analogy here. When the Mavericks played the Golden State Warriors in 07, and everybody was like, one seed when they were the one seed, the one, seed one yeah. of the biggest things they talked Don about is Nelson. how did Golden State take away Dirk? And it's the guy who helped build Dirk into the player he was, Don Nelson, knew, Don Nelson. I know exactly what he can't do. Yeah. Take this away from him. He can't do this. And that's my thing is that they, they may not be drawn up the game plan for the defense, but Kellen and Nussmeyer can go right up to Brandon Staley and say, hey, you want to know everything we thought Dak couldn't do? You want to know everything we think these receivers can't do? All the, all these things with this personnel? Because really the only well, difference hell, you in can personnel. you watch the San Francisco tape and see that. Yeah. Or really the, the only, Arizona tape. You know, really it. the only. Well, the, thing, the thing that, okay, the, I'm, I'm, when you start to talk about the thing, when, when you've watched the Chargers play, mm-hmm. they, got, they got Austin Eckler, one of the best receiving running backs in the game. Yep. Do they throw him any screens or No, they're throwing those wide receiver screens. They don't throw a they don't throw a running back screen. I didn't see a running well, back Eckler, screen watch. So 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 Eckler's been out he's since been hurt. week 1. I yeah, know he's so, been hurt. Yeah. I know he's, but but if you look at the if you watch if you watch the way that Kellen Moore calls his it's the same way. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's the that's same true. offense. He's That's not, true. And maybe, maybe when he gets Austin Eckler, if again, watch the, watch them. People hate when I say again, but when you watch the 49er film, they throw a screen pass to McCaffrey that goes for a boatload of yards. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm Kellen Moore, I'm trying to throw a screen to Austin Eckler, but we'll, you know, no, he'll throw a wide receiver screen or he'll throw, you know, they, they, they it's, it's funny. It's watching the same offense. With a quarterback that you know is pretty damn accurate throwing the ball, you know it's that, funny though. I did notice, and and you know what? Let's uh, we'll we'll pause down because we're about to jump into the to the actual preview of the, of the players. Pistol, you know, I there's mean, a lot of pistol. We're we're yeah. we're gonna jump into the specifics of this Chargers team here in just a sec. Uh, first, but I, 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 tell I interrupted you, guys, you here. You you, you inter- I interrupt you. Say it real quick before you say. Hey, oh, just. You know. Just that I think that not that that Kellen and Kellen and Nussmeyer know the exact weaknesses that exist with all this personnel. The only player that's really different for them from when Kellen was here was Brandon Cooks, and the Cowboys haven't figured out how to use Brandon Cooks yet. And that's, so that's a fact. he had he has intimate four years worth of knowledge of watching these players grow up and and being around them. And so I, I think that. And, and look, I think this is absolutely. You want to talk about personal for Mike? I think this is a very personal game to Kellen Moore. I, I agree with that too. The thing about it is too, this offense, it it might be, it might be to the point where you might not have to worry about covering everybody up if they're just going to throw slants and stuff all day. Yeah, you know, the thing about it, and it's not just creativity. It's not that. It's there's people now in the league, and I was in airports this weekend just talking to people, you know, sitting and waiting for planes and things. And it just seemed like that people were like that that it's gonna take time for for Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy hadn't called plays for what, six, seven years, you know, and that and they're they're trying to tell me that, you know, but they're also worried about how and I, I hate to use the word how dynamic or how you know, and, and not everybody can be the 49ers or the Rams or sure. any Cincinnati or these teams that have these young coaches that really, you know, mix you up. But there's there's people that are like, you know, yeah, Mike can call plays in a while, but is the offense – 
to the point, or is it one of those that you could like, wow, they're taking advantage of this defense, you know? And that's that's why I made my crazy prediction, and, and my really my crazy prediction. And I know we're going over, Bobby. I'm sorry, it's my fault. No, no, you're good. The, my crazy prediction about an offensive coordinator change after week six was if the team was three and three, and but Mike has given up play calling before. He gave it up to Tom Clements. You yep. know, I think it would be. But uh, but the biggest problem I saw, Bobby, and and if you listen to us on 105.3 The Fan, I was worried about new coordinator, new quarterback coach, new offensive line coach, new running back coach. You know, there was so much change to the offense, so much change from the from the staff standpoint. I was thinking, man, this might take a while. You know, the offense might be good, but it might be good in week ten. You know, they yeah. kind of figure everything out. It's not going it to click be, right away. It might be too late, man. If this thing goes three and three, there is going to be – it is not going to be a good week for Mike McCarthy. Look, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this, and and just before we jump into the Chargers, I'll say that broadly, um, I think I think sometimes you feel like there's some faux anger or you're trying to fire somebody up or whatever. I think Jerry Jones is legitimately upset right now. And and I think that there's there's a you moment guys here. Those interviews good. I thought you did a no, good job you. interviewing him, man. It's Jerry when he's mad. That's not a good interview. That's he's tough because he's going to he question. He's going to question your questions. Yes, yeah. and he did. He did, and that yeah. and that's fine. There's just there's a lot of upset people in that building right now, and I think it's just frustration. Look, winning cures all. If they win this game, a lot of that anger will go away. Um, but you got to win this game. Uh, you are you listening can't to be the three love- and three. You can't, nope. it's, that'd be tough. Yeah. Can't sit on the bye week with two embarrassments on national mm-hmm. television. Nope. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.